Praise God. Boy, it is, it is good to be in his presence, isn't it, to just let God minister to us by his spirit. You know that happens when we worship him. You know, it's one of those uh, exchanges that God promises us in his word where he says if we draw near to him, he draws near to us. And uh, I'm so thankful for a people that are willing to press in and let God touches. Because you know what? I don't know about you, but I don't, I don't come here to see what man can do. I come here to worship God and to see what God can do in our lives. And he is faithful. Amen. Well, it's good to see you at Hope this morning. Welcome. We're on the tail end of the Easter break and spring break. And I know a lot of folks have been traveling and going around. It's just a great time of the year. I want to just uh, give God thanks. And uh, I want to say it's good to see those leaders who took our kids camping this weekend, and you're back alive. And I heard it was good. I saw the pictures, and uh, it looked like a lot of fun. So thank you all very much for, I think for some of our kids, that was probably a first time. So I think that was a great deal. Get out in the outdoors. And some of you adults might need to do that someday. There's more than the city of Charlotte. Can I get an amen? All right, come on. Uh, Matt will blame pollen. Mine, mine this morning is I did an outdoor wedding yesterday and the microphone cut out halfway through it. So I yelled pretty much the second half of the wedding. So if I get a little croaky on you this morning, you'll, you'll understand. We are, uh, we are starting a new series today and I'm really, really excited about this. Um, it, it's a series that uh, we're going to be focusing on relationships and uh, over the next couple of weeks we're going to have some guest speakers coming in to help build this series out. But we're calling it This Is Us. And, um, you know, last year, my wife watches a a lot of cool things on TV, and she watches some things that I don't quite get into. And, uh, but there was a series that came on, and uh, it was called This Is Us, and I watched the first deal with her, and I'm like, uh-uh, no, no, no. I'm going to go watch a football game, something else, you know, because this is pretty much a tear-jerking, you know, kind of like family show, and I'm, I'm just not doing it. And after the series ended, praise God for Netflix or whatever, she convinced me to go back and watch it. And I'm not promoting it as kind of this moral story by any means, but you know what it did? It really touched me was... It really hits on the very thing that we live in every day, and that is our lives are totally connected through relationships, good or bad. And sometimes if we don't steward those relationships, we end up in circumstances, situations we never want to be in. And so we're taking these weeks ahead to where we're going to talk about various relationships that you and I walk in. Uh, ne- next Sunday, really looking forward to it. We're, we're having a guest speaker coming in all the way from uh, near Seattle, Washington. Uh, Dr. Michael Riches is going to be with us. And he's going to be talking about our relationship to our past. How many of us know that a lot of times the past keeps walking with us, right? But yet God says he has conquered even our past in our lives. And I believe God's going to do some mighty things in that. In a few weeks, we're going to be talking about marriage. Pastor Curtis Hickey is going to be leading that. But today, we're going to start with, I think, one of the most difficult, but also one of the most powerful areas of relationship we can have. And we're going to talk about friendship today. We're going to talk about the power that people have that we walk with every day in our lives. Because, you know, here's the reality. All of us take our cues in life most of the time from somebody else, whether it's been through our parents or those who, are, who I work with or those who we are married to. But, but all of us have effects of friendship in every aspect of our lives, whether it be financial, relational, moral, or spiritual. You know, they're all, they're all impacted by the patterns and paths of other people that we walk along with. I think back in my own life about pastors or family members or friends that have greatly impacted my walk with God. So I want to focus on this this morning because it's very, very critical to our lives to understand the power of who we have walking with us in this life. 
In fact, the Bible makes it clear that friends really are a gift from God. I, I quoted this scripture yesterday in the wedding, Ecclesiastes 4, verse 9. It says this. It says two are better than one because they have a good return for their work. If one falls down, his friend can help him up. But pity the man who falls and has no one to help him. Can I tell you that friends are a blessing from God? I know some of you this morning are going to think, well, Pastor, this sounds like a, a message for like the youth or someone to get a hold of. Can I tell you what? Adults that I know need to get this right. Because so many times we're still hanging around with goobers that are going the wrong direction in our life and wondering why we're struggling with our own lives because we're greatly impacted by the people who are around us. Because just as friends can be a blessing, can I tell you they can also be a curse? Oh, you don't have any friends like that, do you? You're like, no, my friends, they're all awesome. Yeah, we'll talk about that today. Because you see, here's the thing. If we really think about it this morning, some of our greatest memories are surrounded by friends, people that we've walked with in life, people that we've walked alongside. But can I tell you also, if we're honest, some of our greatest and deepest regrets are also framed in our minds with people that we've walked with and friends that we've allowed in our lives. Now, won't you stay with me? I'm going to explain that this morning. Because you see, no matter what stage of life you're in, your friends have great influence and can determine the direction and the quality of your life. And if we are committed followers of Jesus Christ, then even in that area of our lives, we need to learn to be stewards to set boundaries of who we allow to influence our lives so that we may be influences so that others may know Jesus Christ through us. You see, here, here's the truth. At some point in life, at some stage in life, you're going to find yourself in unavoidable close proximity with people whose lives are going in the opposite direction of where you want to go. It's unavoidable. You work with them. You live near them. They may be even in your family. And the reality is, as parents, if you have kids or your parents, we know this. In fact, we get really neurotic about it if you think about it. Because we get and we understand the power of who our family walks with. My parents growing up, they, they were really, really good about this. Because we live in a little small town outside of Houston, Texas. And, and the problem was with my growing up was, if your dad is the veterinarian in a small Texas town, he is the mayor of that town. And basically, I could get away with nothing. So they had this great way of doing things that we don't get today. And that is, they knew all the parents of my friends. They knew where they lived. Their parents knew me. I would get in trouble from other parents. You know what I'm saying? There was this network they had in their lives, but they would always want to know. Even with that, they'd say, like, where are you going? And who are you going with? Where, where are you going and who are you going with? I think if they could have done it, they would have chosen my mate for me, all right? But I think God worked that out very well for Denise and I. They may have had some collusion on the side. I'm not sure her parents and mine. But, uh, but the reason is they understood something. When you get too close to people, that are moving in the opposite direction of where your life is going, you may be very well led to a place outside of God's will for your life. And it's so critical for us to understand that. You see, now, as parents today, I, we, have it, we have it really good because we have this thing called technology. You know, we may not know all the parents, but we have something called GPS on phones. Can I get a witness? That was the greatest threat to my kids. Mess with me. I will pay the $9 a month, and I will always know where you are because I, I can ping you anywhere I want to. Thankfully, never had to do that. But it was, it was my concern of saying, your friends will influence your future. And why is that? Because friendship is all about acceptance, isn't it? It's all about acceptance. We, we, are, we are people that are hungry for acceptance. I mean, think about it. When I'm accepted, I drop my guard. When I'm accepted, I, I, the real me comes out. 
When I'm accepted, then I can be myself around those that I am near. You see, but acceptance leads somewhere. It leads to influence. Because when I'm completely accepted, I'm open to the influence of those that are around me. And that's what makes friendship so great, but also makes it so dangerous. Let me, let me just throw an example out here this morning. Some of the most addictive behaviors in life we can acquire always start with someone else near us. I, I, I can almost have the 100% accuracy, accuracy today to say if you are one who's ever been trapped in the addiction of, of smoking, that you didn't start it alone. There, there was someone alongside of you that was encouraging you along the way to, to, to dive into that area of life. Some of you are nodding your head. You know what I'm talking about. But we see it in so many other areas. I see it in Charlotte a lot. I see young singles moving in because of the job market here. And they've come in, and boy, they are, they're fired up for Jesus, but yet they're lonely. And then they start looking for acceptance. They start looking for someone to hang out with. They start looking for people to acknowledge their existence. And the next thing you know, things that you used to criticize in others, now you find yourself doing just to fit in. Oh, we see it on the college campus all the time. Kids that come, they're telling mom and dad, oh, yeah, I go to church every Sunday. They never go to church. I mean, come on. But they're saying back home, I go to church, oh, I have a great friends. But the tre- reality is because they want to fit in, Because they want a group, because they want to be accepted, they find themselves going to places, doing things they would never have ever thought they would do, and they compromise their convictions and their principles. Guys, I I have personally, and this breaks my heart, I have personally seen marriages destroyed because of a spouse's choice of friends. Or let me rephrase that, because of a spouse's unwillingness to let go of some friends who are not good for them. Can I get an amen to that? I've just seen it too many times. And oh, on this day, it makes it even harder because friends don't have to be physical. They don't have to be right here with us. They can be on the phone or the tablet or anywhere else because they can still be back in your hometown and still be influencing your marriage for the wrong purposes if you don't cut them off, if you don't let it go. You see, friends are powerful. Well, you know, but it's not just... It's not just these huge influences. It's not, it's not just about breaking down marriages. It's not just about destroying families. It's also in the very practical things of life. I see it especially in this upcoming generation sometimes, and that is that somehow, and we were the same way, come on, we're going to acknowledge this, all of us older people, that somehow we think that those that are older than us don't know anything. So we take our financial cues from the same people we're running with that are the same age we are that have had no life experience, and we're like, hey, they must know what they're doing instead of the ones that's already done it, and we could come alongside and say, you know what, I need you in my life because you've parented great kids. I need you in my life because your financial house is in order. It's the same way. We've got to look at who we're walking with because when we walk together, we will be influenced by them. Now, now, I know we laid out a lot, of, a lot of negative things, but can I tell you, when we started Hope, one of my, my prayers from the very beginning was, God, I want babies and grandmas. I, I don't want a, a, a mono-aged church. You know, that's the big thing right now in church planning. We just want all 20-somethings. Why? You know? It's like me saying, I just want all 60-somethings. Why? You know? Because the Word of God says we need together, Right? Because we learn from each other, we grow together, we, we experience so much. I have a lot of young pastors in my life. I'm talking like late 20s, early 30s. And man, I go to town listening to them because they understand some things I don't understand that I never had to deal with before, like marketing. Never thought we'd have to market a church in my life. We just always prayed. That was marketing back in the early day, right? That uh, pray God builds his church. But we listen to each other because there are experiences that we have that we can help someone else uh, come, come across. Now, here's the positive side of friendship, which is so important. 
most of us that know Christ, if we are honest with ourselves, are coming to Christ, most of our testimonies will always include someone else, a friend, a family member, someone close to us who led us to Jesus, right? Now, we know theologically he draws us to himself, but he uses us. And that's why our witness is so important, because we can lead others to know him. But the principle never goes away. It, it never goes away, and that's why friendship is both dangerous and powerful. And because of that, we need wisdom uh, of how we approach it. So here's the text this morning, Proverbs 13. If you want to turn there, it'll be on the screen also. Or if you're following you version, it'll be there as well. But Proverbs 13 Verse 20, Solomon, who is known for his wisdom, uh, made this statement. This is what we're going to build this teaching off of this morning. He said, he who walks with the wise grows what? Talk to me. It grows wise. There's a promise there, right? But a companion of fools suffers harm. Now, there it is, the promise. You walk with the wise, you grow wise. But the warning says, but a companion of fools suffers harm. Now, wisdom is contagious, Wisdom is absolutely contagious. When you see someone walking with wisdom in their lives, when you see someone who's, who's walking in the right paths, there's something inside of us that says, I want to go there. I, I want to go where they're going. I want to experience what they're experiencing because I know, and the promise is right there, if I walk with them, guess what I'm going to gain? I'm going to gain wisdom. I'm going to learn from them. But our flesh, our, our humanity wants to go the other way, and we want to walk sometimes in the companion of fools, and we do. The Word says we suffer harms. Now, now here's, here's my definition of understanding the difference between the two. You see, a wise person is one that understands that life is totally connected. There's, there's no isolated events in life. Life is totally connected. There's no isolated relationships or patterns or anything else in life. There's all this connection. So what do they do? They make their decisions based on the connectivity of every relationship in their life. And they think, well, how is that going to affect my marriage? How is that going to affect my business? What impact is that going to have on my kids if we pick up and move over here? What impact is that going to have on my wife if I, if I, if I keep going with this speed? Or what, what impact is it going to have on my body if I give in to these type of, of activities in my life? See, they see things as connected, so they make decisions based on that connection. Now, here's the warning again. So on one hand, he says you walk with the wise, you gain wisdom. But on the other side, he says that we walk with the, the fool, we suffer harm. It doesn't say, now listen, it doesn't say if we walk with the fools, we become foolish. No, it just says if we walk with the fool, we suffer harm. Now, listen, some people have defended unhealthy relationships this way. I, I've, I've sat across from coffee with way too many people over the years. I think I've heard every, about everyone in the book, right? But here's how some people, they defend the unhealthy relationships. They said, well, pastor, I, I, I never do what they do or, or even think like they think but they're just fun to hang out with. And I just, you know, it's just kind of fun being around them. But the warning says, ultimately, you will be affected by their behavior. Ultimately, you'll be affected by their behavior. Because a fool is this definition. A fool is a person who knows the difference between right and wrong, but just doesn't care. And they don't see life as connected at all. Everything's isolated. I have no effect on you. My decisions have no effect on you. Leave me alone. I'll do what I want to do. The Bible says that's what's classified as a foolish person. So much so, the Bible says, don't even try to, connect, to correct a fool in their folly. Why? Because they don't care. It's just like, why bother? You're wasting your breath. Because they live a disconnected life where they think their actions or thoughts have no effect on tomorrow. But eventually, they hurt those who are closest to them. 
Here's a statement you may want to write down, just something just to grab hold of this morning. If, if your friends <laughs> don't care about their reputation, can I tell you something? They certainly don't care about yours either, right? If your friends don't care about their reputation, they certainly don't care about yours as well. To, to rephrase Proverbs in the, in the Mike version, it says this, the companion of those who could care less get hurt every time. But here's the message. By walking with the wise, we grow wise. By walking with wisdom, we gain wisdom. Listen, but yet if we walk with those who are, who are fools, we watch our lives fall to pieces. I mean, honestly, right now, some of you are just picturing people in your mind. Some of your spouses are wanting to throw a sharp elbow right now, like, I've been telling you this. Some of your parents are like, I wish my kid was here. There's a beauty of podcasts. They can hear it some other time. But you know what I'm saying? Listen, I, in preparing this message, I can see the face of a, of a bright-faced young man who was in my youth group that uh, is now doing hard time in a California prison that decided, move out, get away from family, start hanging out with people, trying to find acceptance. One night at a party, uh, imbibing in some things he was not accustomed to, someone was killed. And all his friends, because they have no memory, said, he did it. And he's still in prison today. You say, Pastor, that's just extreme. That's just life. This is us. That's, that's the realities of what we, what we run into. It's the realities of people that make decisions to, to drink and drive and someone gets killed. It's the realities that, that people make financial decisions because they're trying to get rich quick and then they, they end up in their later years going, how in the world are we ever going to retire? There, there's decisions we make and they're influenced by those who are closest to us. So what do we do? What do we do? Here's, here's the, the practical. Here's where we walk this out. So I want you to take some notes in this. In light of the fact that none of us are exceptions to this rule, I want to give us some practical help today. I want us to just kind of give us some warnings, but also some goals, all right? Because here's the goal. The goal is understanding this, that we need to recognize the dangers and pitfalls of friendships and establish some boundaries around our relationships that will help us succeed in life, that will help us keep away from the train wrecks that we see so often around us that come out of bad relationships. Now, how do you know? How do you know if you may be heading towards the train wreck? There's four things I want to share this morning. How do you know? that you may be heading towards a train wreck. They're, they're going to come as four wisdom statements. You can also call them four warning statements. And they're going to all begin with this thought, your conscience should light up. <laughs> the, the spirit of the Lord inside of you ought to just poke you in these, in these examples, all right? So here we go. The first one is this. Your conscience should light up when your core group is not moving in the direction you want your life to go in, Okay? Your, your conscience should light up when your core group is not moving in the direction that you want your life to go in. Now think about that for a minute. Think about who we hang around with, who we go out with, who we, uh, who we put around us in our lives. If they're going in the direction opposite of the way God is directing your life, then you need to take that warning and you need to take some action. Because where there's proximity, there's influence. Where there's proximity, there's influence. Now, now listen, I'm not trying to like tell you that all your friends are bad. That's not the case at all. But yet there's an impact that if we don't take action sometimes, we're just heading for problems. Spiritual, practical. If you're young starting out in your family and all your friends out there are like getting in debt up to their eyeballs and they got to have the latest gadgets and they got to take the biggest trips because after all their mom and dad never took them on vacation all that, but they're going debt, debt, debt and you're following their pattern, guess what? 
You're going to hit the wall someday. And guess where your friends are going to be? Not there to help you get out of that situation. But it comes out of that influence. So it's very practical in this. That's why we promote hope groups. That's why we believe that church on Sunday morning is not all there is. We need to be connected in righteous friendships where iron really can sharpen iron and we can help each other out in the very practical steps of life. You know, it, it may be that God just has for some of you this morning, you just need to hear this and say, you know, I need to add some people in my life that offset some other people in my life. I need to, need to build another friendship group in my life that is, loves me enough to speak truth into me and not just agree with everything I think is right. Because here's the reality, again, no matter how strong you think you are, the companion of fools will eventually be harmed by their behavior. So be intentional. Here's the question to ask yourself this morning. Is my group of friends helping me or are they harming me? Is my group of friends, are they for my marriage or are they against my marriage? Are my group of friends for my career or against my career? Are my group of friends, do they help me in my spiritual walk or do they actually pull me down? So the first warning is simply that. If they're moving in the wrong direction, maybe you need to make a change in your friendships. Here's the second wisdom statement this morning. Your conscience should light up when you realize that you're not being true to who you are when you're with them. Your conscience should light up when you realize that you're not being true to who you are when you're hanging out with your friends. Can I tell you, it is bad to have to pretend to fit in. Can I get an agreement? It is bad to have to pretend to fit in. And some of you have been warned about this. Some of you have had a, had a wife say, you know, honey, when you hang out with them, you're not yourself. You're just not yourself. When you come home, it's not good. Ladies, some of you have said, you know what, when you come back from being with them, you act differently. I don't like the effect that's going on in your life. Parents, you see this with some, uh, some uh, effects on your kids and on your teenagers and the friends they have. But when we notice that we're not ourselves, I know as a parent, I had to step into some friendships sometimes and go, you know what, I don't want you hanging out with them. Now, I got told, you know, typical teenage stuff, well, Dad, you're awful, but, uh, yeah, but I'm your dad, okay? They still love me. But it's, uh, the reality is I could see it, but sometimes they can't. But can I tell you for adults, it's the same way. I'm, I'm looking at some like, why are you still hanging out with them? Why do you go out with them after work before you go home? Why, why do you think that's a good thing, you know, when your spouse is sitting and saying, you know what, I don't like it when you're hanging out with them. Now listen, it's, it's this. When you notice that you're not yourself, then what's happening is those who, who consider themselves your friends or girlfriend or fiance or whomever it may be, they're playing to an insecurity in you that you're willing to lay down so that you can identify with them and to fit in. We see it played out in so many ways. A companion of fool be harmed by their behavior. Here's the third wisdom statement this morning. Your conscience should light up when you feel pressured to compromise. Your, your conscience should light up when you feel pressured to compromise. Listen, when something that has never been a temptation now becomes an option, there's influence that's taking you the wrong direction. Can you agree with that? If we have to compromise and we have to consider a behavior you always stayed away from in order to fit in, then we're, then we're heading the wrong direction. I, I see this in, in church attendance sometimes. We find some friends and, oh, it's not that important and I'm not connected anywhere. And next thing you know, we're just in the spiritual drifting. And the Bible says a lot about wandering. It's a dangerous place to be. 
And so we need to look at that and say, are we compromising what we believe just to fit in? But here's what we say again. But I, I, I'll go with them, but I won't participate. I'll just be in proximity. I'll just hang out with them. And Solomon would say, you're missing the point. It's not that you're participating, but you're with them when they do what you said you never would. So if they're all getting drunk out there and you're just hanging out drinking your Diet Coke, guess what? You're still in proximity and you still can get hurt by their behaviors. I feel like I'm talking to my teenagers today. They're not teenagers anymore. Are y'all with me on this? Some of y'all are like, ah, but you know it's true. If you're in with them on the, on the get rich scheme, get rich fast scheme, can I tell you, you're going you're gonna to fall right along with them. Because if you can't be true to yourself, you're not strong enough to overcome temptation. There's a great example in the Bible. You can go read it this afternoon in Judges 13. It speaks of a man called Samson. Anybody remember who Samson is? Sam, Samson is a perfect example of this. We, we taught about this years ago early in, at Hope, and we came up with this phrase that I think was so important to that teaching, and it simply said this. When you go where you shouldn't have gone, you will see what you shouldn't have seen, you'll take what you shouldn't have taken, and ultimately you will lose something that you cannot afford to lose. Some of y'all are shaking your heads because you know it's true. and You know it's there. So here's, here's the last wisdom statement. Your conscience should light up when you hope that those who love you don't know who you've been with or where you've been. Your conscience should light up when you hope that it doesn't get discovered of who you're hanging out with or where you've been. When I was starting out in business and uh, Denise and I were newlyweds, um, one thing my dad taught me was, listen, you can learn from anybody. And you need, you, need to, you need to take notice. So early on in that career, I went to one of the partners of the CPA firm I worked at, very, very successful man, very wealthy man, and I, I said, help me out. I'm just getting started. He said, what, what's, what's the wisdom you can tell me? And here's what he said, and this is back before the days of cell phones. I know, we're that old. He said, never let your wife doubt where you are. He said, never let your wife doubt where you are and tell her what you do. It doesn't matter if she understands it or not. He said, but every day, let her in on what you do and let her know where you are. Because when you do that, no one can get between you. I don't know if he was a believer or not, but I was like, thank you. That's, that's awesome wisdom. I teach every couple I counsel with now that. is, hey, now we have phones. It's okay. Text, hey, I had to go somewhere. I'll be home late, whatever. Because you just don't want the doubt creeping in. You see, sometimes... We're hanging out with people, and we're hoping, please don't let pastor walk into this place right now. We're hoping, please don't let my spouse find out I was there. We're hoping, please don't let anybody know me, know I'm sitting next to them. And I'm telling you, if that's the case, then something inside of you ought to cringe and say, you know what, I need to choose my friends more carefully because I'm going to go down this path that's going to lead to harm if I don't change some things. So here's, here's the biblical tension in this, because I know for some of you right now, you're thinking, well, pastor, if, 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 I, if I'm so careful with my friends, how am I ever going to have influence on those that don't know Jesus? I hear this all the time. Well, pastor, if I don't go hang out with them, if I don't go bar hop, how, how am I ever going to have an effect on their lives? Never, com never confuse compassion with wisdom. Those things go together wonderfully. Because here's the reality. We all need friends who are not like us. Can I get a yes to that this morning? 
We, we all need to be intentional about that because there's no conflict between compassion and wisdom. You can love, help, and care for people who many times are going the wrong direction, but you don't do it by going the wrong direction with them. You do it by setting an example of love and compassion, not condemnation and judgment. You see, the best thing you can do for them is to stay on, on this side of the boundary so that when they crash, and they will crash, you're healthy enough to lift them up. But if you're right there with them, who's going to lift them up? You see, the best thing you can do is stay on a healthy boundary to say, I love you, I care for you, you're you're a great friend to me, I just can't go there with you right now, I can't head that direction, that's not what God has for my life. But when you have that boundary, you're setting some things up where you can help them when they do crash. And some of you experience this, you know what it feels like. I, I, I walk through this in the corporate setting. Hey, Mike, we're all going out to get, we're going to go, we're going to get plastered. Oh, that's right. You don't do that, and you're going home to see your wife. Never mind. Hey, 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 check out the babe. And, oh, that's right. You're married, and um, yeah, you, you love your wife because you set up healthy boundaries. And when people see those boundaries, they respect those boundaries, and guess what happens? When they hit the wall and they go over the cliff, do they run to the same fools who went over the cliff with them? No. They run to the ones who stayed on the other side of the cliff and say, help me. Because they realize that you've done something they haven't. You've made some wise choices. The next thing you know, they need you. I was a pastor a long time before I was a pastor, guys. Down in the towers of Houston and then in Charlotte, North Carolina. It, it was amazing. My, my cubicle was like the counseling cubicle because they knew. Mike knew some things they didn't know. They knew I'd chosen some paths they hadn't chosen. Now, I didn't go around preaching all the time. I didn't go around condemning them. They, hey, we're all going out, but I know you're not going with us, right, Mike? Yeah, you're right. I'm not going with you, but hey, I'll be here when you need help. And, uh, but all through that, it was setting up boundaries, not condemning, but saying, listen, I can have wisdom and compassion. I love you. I wish you would go another direction, but right now I'm here just to help pick you up. So here's the reality, and here's what we have to face. Some of us today, what God's doing in our heart right now is we're we're seeing people's faces. We're we're thinking through circumstances. And we're like, Mike, you didn't need to go there because now I'm, I'm, I'm having to face choice. And see, the Word of God is powerful because what it does, it cuts through these things sometimes. And the wisdom of God shows us something that we think may be innocent, but God's saying don't go there. We, we may see a relationship as maybe being beneficial to our career, but God's saying, don't go there. We may be justifying a friend to a spouse, but we've been friends since junior high. They're amazing. And she's like, every time you go with them, you do something stupid. And it hurts us. It sets us back. Cut the cord. It's all relationships. And the reason we started this series out here is because We can talk about marriage, we can talk about singleness, we can talk about our past, we can talk about all these things, but can I tell you, who is closest to us so often are our friends, because they give us acceptance no matter what, and when they do, they gain influence into our lives, and the scripture and the wisdom never changes. If we walk with the wise, we grow wise, but the companion of fools suffers harm. So what do we do? I think some of us this morning just need to make some choices. Maybe going out with the crew after, after we get off is not always a good thing. 
just maybe there are some people God wants in our lives that we've not been willing to kind of like take an extra night out of the week or another day and kind of push into a group to be known or push into some friends around our neighborhood or those type of things. Some of you may be listening on podcasts right now and you've been avoiding even going to church. And yet God has people right there that you can walk along with that are wise. So much of what I learned growing up was by just watching others. I grew up in an uncool church. Anybody grew up in an uncool church? We did uncool things. I mean, things we would never do today, ever. I still remember them doing a Jericho march one Sunday. I never figured that one out. Were they waiting for the pews to fall or what? I'm not sure. But they were walking around. I mean, we did some crazy stuff. We had testimony time every service. Can I get an amen to that? And we had prayer requests. And I remember sister so-and-so that all of a sudden started talking about this lady going through this terrible divorce and brokenness and all that, and we finally realized she's talking about a soap opera star on TV. I mean, we would never invite our friends to church, I'm just telling you. But even in the midst of that, as a boy, as a teenager, I would just watch and I'd say, their life is going well. Their life is not. They seem to love each other. They don't. And just about observing said, you know what, I'm going to get close to them, but I'm going to run far from them. I'm going to get close to them, I'm going to run far from them. We have friends that are still deep friends from way, way back. Because we saw who was wise, and we saddled up next to him and said, you know what, I don't know everything. But God means for you to be in my life, because I'm going to gain wisdom by being with you. So here's the challenge this morning. Our challenge is really this, as we work through this series, as we talk about relationships, let it begin right here because our most important relationship is our relationship to God. And and we've got to be so careful that we don't close off his voice and we don't silence the spirit in our hearts when it comes to friendships and relationships. Because the enemy of our soul, can I tell you, is very good about sending people our way that sometimes seem so awesome. And they could be the very curse from the pit of hell to take our lives in the direction we never want to go. And we need wisdom, amen? We need wisdom. Why don't you stand with me this morning? Because we're going to pray. We're going to respond to God this morning. We're going to let his words soak into us. And I wrote in my notes this prayer. It says, God, give us wisdom to know what's right and the courage to do it. God, help us be honest with ourselves and surrender this incredibly important area of our lives to you. I know for some this morning, you're like, Pastor, I just like to have a friend. We live in a very disconnected, lonely world. I know that. And this whole time in this message, you've been thinking, that'd be great if I had somebody. Don't let your loneliness drive you to make decisions that are going to negatively impact your life. Present your request to God with thanksgiving and watch God bring people into your life. They may not be who you think it's going to be. They may not look like, they may not be the same age group you're thinking they're going to be, whatever. But if you're just sensitive enough to God to say, God, I trust you, it's exactly what he'll do. He'll bring people into your life. They'll, they'll speak into you. One, one of my one of my best people I, I just take so much from and I, I, I miss them because they live so far away from me but they're, they're in their late 60s I mean I, as a teenager I thought they were ancient they were probably in their 30s but you know I just started watching them and I was like man I like what they do 
And there's someone I could call right now and say, hey, I'm there. We got to pray that way. I know for some of you it's hard to make friends. But I'm telling you, God has people for you. And we just got to step out. I was sharing with somebody the other day, don't wait for people to come to you. Step out. Introduce. Here I am. One of the beauties of Hope Church is we're not a church that's been around for 100 years and people have been here in their own pews. No. We're all new to this thing. Most of us are new to Charlotte even. We're like, we're lost. You lost. Good. Let's go get lunch. Because we need relationships. Do what God is speaking to your heart today. As I pray in just a moment, there may be some decisions God's just pushing you towards and to say, you know what? I need to let go of some things from the past. I might need to clean, clean out my Facebook account today. It's not so cool to have 300 friends if 299 of them are not going the right direction in my life. Maybe there's some struggle in your relationship, your, your marriage, or your... You just need to be honest with yourself. My spouse is more important than they are. It's not worth it.